This is Lovey Dummies. I'm David. And I'm Perlan. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Dave. Hi, Pearl. Hisashi Buri. It's been a while, yes. What have you been up to? Uh, I started a new job. I'm enjoying that right now. That's good. What about you? Anything new? Um, it's a secret. I'm, I'm working on some new projects. Oh, okay. Yes, and still studying mm -hmm. and uh, still trying to discover new things. Oh, you're always trying to discover <laughs> new things. Anyway, we want to say hi to Saki because she's um, looking forward to our new episode. So, hi, oh, Saki. Hi, Saki. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't we start with our topic today? Today, we're going to be talking about um, relationships and money. Mm. Yes, specifically, uh, well, the I guess the things that I've laid out here are for engaged couples. Mm -hmm. but this applies equally to really any kind of serious relationship um, before marriage, I would say, because this is sort of preparing for, for marriage. Okay, so before that, I have a question because I, yeah. I feel like when we invite people over to our show, we ask them questions, and so I think it's just fair that we also get to answer a question. But this time it's related to the topic. Okay. So my question is, are you a saver or a spender? I would say that I am, at my heart, a spender, but with the caveat that I won't spend if I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I save to spend. Mm -hmm. um, okay. For example, mm -hmm. like when I travel, you know, I don't like to stay at the bottom of the barrel sort of hotels. You know? <laughs> I want to be comfortable. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like there's always a purpose to my saving mm. as opposed to just saving for no no real reason, mm -hmm. just saving as a as an instinct. Mm. What about you? Uh, between saving and spending, I think I have, I always have good intentions to save, but I'm not good at it. Not good at the execution. Yes, like good intentions, yes, of course. <laughs> and, um, but I think I'm a spender and I'm quite good at spending in a sense that, you know, I always try to find where my money is going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, best buys, bargains if possible and things like that. So like not splurging, but recently I've been learning how to um, spend on quality stuff as well. Okay. All right. So yeah. anyway, let's start. Yes. So we have five points that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is uh, in your relationship, it's important to lay out your um, financial values, the things that you share that you value in your in terms of how you spend your money and how you save your money, things like that. So in this particular point we're talking about budgeting mm -hmm. so how do you budget your money how do you stick to that budget mm -hmm. so 
It's one thing to kind of plan your finances, and then it's a completely different thing to actually execute、yeah. on your budget. This、right? is the execution versus good intentions. Yes, and I found that when I first started、um, working on my personal finances, that、um, you know I was really good at tracking my spending, but I wasn't really good at kind of curbing it in certain places. Like、mm. I was good at. Um, making sure that I had counted for almost every single yen or every single shilling or every single dollar or cent、mm. that I spent,、um, but it didn't really cause me to change anything about my spending habits.、Mm. It was just me making sure that I had everything written down.、Uh, so being able to stick to a budget, making a budget, and then sticking to it somehow. So. Um, it could be just there's,、um, there's something called the envelope system, where you literally take your budget, whatever you budget for for food or whatever you budget for bills, and you stick it in an envelope,、mm. and that's your budget for the month. And so your challenge is just to, you know, stay within that budget for the month for each particular thing that you're、uh, planning out.、Uh, and then of course also just.、Um, It's it's important to talk about how you want to communicate and how you want to、um, how you want to account.、Mm. I think for your finances together,、uh, so that you're both on the same page and you know what's going on in your bank accounts and, and things like that. So communication is really important,、um, and how you communicate with your partner about spending and how you communicate about、uh, budget and all that is.、Mm. A good thing to talk about. Yeah, because、uh, value system is really important, whether it's about money or not.、Mm-hmm. It's like it's important that the couple is always on the same page on what they value,、mm-hmm. because it can be a potential big、um, problem. You yes, know? it、okay. can lead to a lot of fights. I yes, yes. All right. So the next one we have is to get out of debt if you can.、Um, legally speaking,、uh, when you, when one of you, either one of the spouse,、um, is in debt, right? The, the lender can actually、uh, run after the, the, the spouse. The spouse. Yeah. Yes.、Um, That's right. So it's. It depends on、um, your contract. Um, with the lender that you're working with,、um, but in a lot of cases, if、uh, one spouse has debt and、uh, they aren't able to meet their obligations to the lender,、mm. the lender can then go after the partner. But it, it depends on it depends on your contract, so you'd have to look into that. Yeah, but legally, whatever you sign, your your spouse. Kind of sign on that too, right? I mean, in terms of、uh, in some of, cases, I、yeah. think it's it's more it's that would be more like if you got married and then you signed、mm. a loan or something like that.、Uh-huh. Then、okay. it would be legally binding.、Uh, but even in some cases, when you are not married yet、mm. and someone is in debt, like、mm. with student loans or what have you,、uh, when you get married, sometimes they will be able to to talk. Or to go after、mm. the spouse,、mm-hmm. and the best time to pay debt is when you have two incomes and no kids. Yes, so that's kind of obvious. You know, if you have、mm. good income and you have 
no kids to worry about. Mm-hmm. That's really the best the best time in terms of your family and in mm-hmm. terms of your marriage. That's the best time to do it. All right. And number three. Number three is to develop or just mm-hmm. to um, cultivate your habit of giving. Mm-hmm. This is actually, I would say this is something that my parents kind of instilled in me to some extent. But it's also, um, you know, as a Christian, that is, it's sort of central to your beliefs that giving is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be through tithing or um, other ways of, you know, donating to, donating to charity or things like that. Um, the habit of giving is is really important to your finances and uh, you know a lot of I feel like a lot of financial experts talk about the need to give in order to receive mm-hmm. or to you know receive um, returns on investment and things like that but this is more of just um, I feel like uh, when you especially leading up to something like marriage where there's going to be a lot of pressure especially right. initially on that relationship yeah um it's good to be focused on something else sometimes mm-hmm. and giving is a good way to to do that it could be just giving your time but also you know your financial resources is, is a good way to to give and so developing that habit is um is going to be a good thing for your marriage and for uh, I think your mental health as well. <laughs> Just being able to think about something else mm. and uh, focus your attention on something else. Yeah. So I I also want to add that as Christians, we know that uh, first of all, our money is something that God owns and He stewards uh, to us, right? And so we are kind of like the managers of God's money. So. Uh, in spending and in giving and in saving, it's a good thing to think about, okay, like there are people who need help. Mm-hmm. And so a part of this money is going to go to help other people, whether we know them or not, whether we're close to them, whether it's a church project or uh, supporting some kids to go to school or go to missions or mm-hmm. things like that. There's so many ways to do it. And I think that's just one thing that we can always focus on is we are managers of God's money. And so it's not going to be hard because we also, uh, it also has a, a matter of trust that God is just going to provide. Uh, I have a lot of experiences where I just didn't know suddenly the, there's just money in my bank account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's amazing when that happens, especially at the right time when you need it. But just reminders uh, that God says, well, I'm in control and I, I'm your sustainer. Mm-hmm. And so this is the money. Manage it well. Give some of it away mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And so I think it's also yeah. good to do it in a stage where... Uh, it's really important to develop the habit because when you end up in tough financial times, mm. the, I think the 
the gut instinct for you is to stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. But when you develop it to a certain extent, um, it'll just be second nature to you. Even even in the difficult times, mm. you'll be doing it. And um, I think that's the important thing is that you don't stop even when things get difficult. Um, speaking of difficult times, uh, there's a story in the Bible about uh, the poor woman who just gave whatever she could, right? And so, everything yeah, <laughs> everything that she could, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't mean that if we don't have a lot of money, we are not able to give, because that's just, you know, we can still give even even if it's small. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel embarrassed that oh my gosh, I am giving only this, but in reality, that you're giving everything, <laughs> yeah. right? and so. God really appreciates that, and uh, you know, if if we are cheerful in in our giving, God would be pleased even more. Sure. So, number four is try the one income challenge. Dave, could you tell us more about this? This is something that I pulled from a, a Gospel Coalition article, and. I feel like the principle is fairly universal. It's just uh, role-playing the situation in which um, a spouse is sick and they mm. can't work or just any general situation where one spouse is out of, is out of a job, whether they lose it or they're sick or um, even in the situation of family planning, like you want to have a stay-at-home parent and you find that you have one income as opposed to two incomes. So it's basically you sit down and you plan out a budget based on one income out of the two that you have. Hmm. Um, so it's just a simulation exercise so that you can see what your finances or what your budget would look like in that certain event. I think this is a really smart thing to do. Because, um, you know, we, we, we can't really tell the future. Uh, you know, we might be living comfortable, comfortably having two incomes and then suddenly, you know, one uh, spouse just have to stay at home and things mm -hmm. like that. So this is um, a really good foresight. Okay, and the last one, we have merge finances after you're married. Not before. That's the point. Okay. Don't do it before. <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, it's a well, no-brainer, but why? <laughs> no-brainer. Um, well, some people get really excited about getting married, and so they kind of rush things and merge before they actually get married. And mm. um, I think one example that is common in America is you see a lot of couples that are not married yet they might be engaged, uh, they might not be, it could just be a serious relationship, but they do something like they sign, or they co-sign a lease, or they co-sign a mortgage on a home, and do it before they're married, they think, you know, their relationship is going to go the distance, but then things don't work out, mm. and it's basically, you know, they, they start to merge a lot of things, they do... Uh, well, I don't know if, if you can do joint bank accounts necessarily if you're not um, legally married. But. Actually, you can. Like, okay. because business partners can have joint accounts. So, sure. yeah. So, they, you know, they do a lot of things to kind of 
pull their money together um, or just join their lives in ways that they're not necessarily ready for yet. Mm -hmm. And so when the relationship doesn't work out down the road, they have these big, huge money issues that they have, you know, they have to rip it apart again. Mm. So and account gets, for every single. <laughs> yeah, it can get really messy. Thing. You know, if you're if you've co-signed a mortgage with mm. someone and now you're separating, mm. you got to figure out how to how to deal with that issue. Okay, well, uh, I'm glad that we were able to talk about these things because uh, sometimes when we think about relationships, we neglect the part that money is important because some people are sensitive when it comes to like, why are we talking about money? Is this not money about is love? Money a sensitive subject. Yes, yes. As, mm. I think in both spectrums of, you know, some people have... Too much importance placed on it. Some people, not enough. Just in the sense that, like, I think Christians can kind of go both ways. Yes, yes. Because mm. some people have that tendency to think, like, oh, well, you know, I can't, you know, if money is not supposed to be my master, then I shouldn't put too much importance on it. Mm. And so that's why uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our episode on relationships and money. And we hope that you learn something from it. We'll see you next time.